Well, good morning, church. It is so good to be with you. Welcome to all of you who are worshiping with us online at Atascacita and North Point. It is so good to be with you. And I'm challenging each of us to go on a journey together. And uh, this, is, this message is near and dear to my heart because you're gonna get a, a chance to see where the Lord is really growing me. And, uh, and one of the things that I've really realized about myself especially over the last six months, is that there are some ways ugh, that I just need to grow up. Um, and, and I tell you, it stings me to even say that to myself because I grew up in a household with five older siblings who that was kind of a common thing that they would say to their little brother, grow up, you're so immature. And I remember whenever they would say those things, if you've ever been told that, there's this part of you that just hates being told that because you want to believe so much that I am a grown up. I know what I need to know, but I really believe that if we're gonna get from what we need to get from God's word this morning, we have to come from a position of a humble heart and say, when it comes to looking at God's word, we're all children. We're all children of God. And that means that we've got some growing up to do. We've got some immaturities in our hearts and our faith that we have to be able to address together. And so I'm asking you this morning to let your barriers down and grow up with me. Uh, this is something that, like I said, just to be honest, I'm really struggling through. And it's hard sometimes because some of the things that we hear from God's word, they sound crazy. And, and sometimes it is hard from the place and position that we know, having lived the life experiences that we've lived, to be willing to choose crazy. And if you don't know how hard that can be, just talk to a teenager and try to convince them that some of the things that they see, that they think they understand about relationships, about their life, about what really matters, is what's gonna be best for them. To deny their, their thinking about that relationship or things that are good, and it can be, you can realize that what you are challenging them to do is to choose crazy. I had a conversation like that with my oldest son this week who's in sixth grade. So he's just kind of getting into drama with girls and guys and I'm not ready. Um, but, but it was one of these things where he came home and he was telling me about he and his friends, they were all laughing about making up silly things that went along with their last names. And the stuff that he was talking about, the things that they were saying, it was innocent and it was funny, but it was this part of me that was like, I was hearing it and I was also able to get ahead of the story as you were as well, being like, you know what? There's a chance though that at some point, all of this name stuff's gonna hurt someone's feelings. And so trying to sit there and have this conversation with him and being able to, hey, listen, I, listen, I know it was really funny and everybody was laughing and you're sharing it with me and I'm seeing the humor in it, but you need to know that at some point this may go horribly wrong. And even though you saw how this really funny thing with you and your friends brought you together, there is a chance that the enemy at some point may use it to bring you apart. You need to be careful and you need to pay attention. And I was looking at him with these blank stares. He was looking at me like, you're crazy. They all laughed, it was so funny. I think about that as when I first became a parent and uh, on, the, on the first few days after the same son that I was talking to was born, what it would have been like for now 24, 25, I'm thinking I was 25 year old self, how my 25 year old self could have convinced my 15 year old self to say, hey, listen, someday you're gonna realize that one of the great joys in life is when your newborn baby poops when it's supposed to. 
Do you remember that? Like when the nurse comes in and she puts the scoreboard up of how many times your kid uses the restroom and you're like, okay, now I know. Like if I'm gonna be able to leave the hospital, this is important. And all of a sudden the same diaper that when you were a teenager, you'd be like, ew, gross, who would ever. You're like waiting, praying that your kid will have a regular bowel movement, right? And challenging your teenager to understand that on some level, the kind of love that you have for your kid of just wanting them to be healthy, that there's something more valuable in that than looking at that same desire diaper with disgust. You're challenging a teenager to choose crazy. There's no way my 15 year old self would have been able to stop and really process those things. I think to that same thing, how I would have had to really challenge myself to choose crazy when it came to my first dating relationship. (laughs) Do you remember your first dating relationship? For me, it was at 15. I went on my first date. It was so great because I had a girlfriend. You know, like there was this thing that for me and my friends of where like, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know what it really took to make a complex relationship work. I really didn't really understand what it meant to put someone else's needs before your own at all. But I had a girlfriend and it made me feel good. It was exciting. We did the classic boyfriend, girlfriend thing. We went on a, uh, a date, did dinner and a movie. And then she dropped me off afterwards. Let's not get into that. Don't judge me, okay? <laughs> I can feel the shame coming my way, okay. But she dropped me off and afterwards when we dropped off, had such a great time. I was on cloud nine. I was walking amongst the stars because I had just been on my first date and my friends were actually at my house waiting for me to play basketball when I got home. So we left in the car. She was like, bye, I'll see you later. She said, I said, great, I'll call you when you get home. Make sure you get safe. Went in the backyard, started playing basketball with my friends. I was a better basketball player that day, I'll tell you because I had a girlfriend, you know? Like I just carried that confidence into the experience. Everything was great. I had a girlfriend and and it just made me feel so good because of what it brought in all my other relationships, the affirmation that I was something, I had some sort of value because I had a girlfriend. And we played basketball long into the night and I was in the best place I could have ever been until I walked inside and picked up my phone. And it was 1 a.m. and I had four missed phone calls and three text messages from the girlfriend. And immediately my 15 year old heart that was just on cloud nine was determined on one notion. We need to break up, this is over, this can't, this isn't the way this is meant to be. This relationship needs to stop right here because why? Because I didn't understand the complexities of what what could have been good about stopping the basketball game for just a second to come and do what needed to be done to show her that I cared about the fact that she was traveling home, that she got home safely, to stop and to take that moment. Some of those things were hard for 15-year-old Mark to understand, which made that dating relationship destined to not be very successful. Because really what I had to do have done would have been to choose crazy, to say, listen, I know it sounds crazy. I know you're having a blast with your friends playing basketball, but you need to stop for just a minute. I think sometimes when we look into God's word, we're gonna see God challenge us with some truths that will make us have to choose crazy. And a lot of times what I like to believe is is that I'm mature now because I'm older, but age doesn't really have anything to do with maturity. Not when it comes to the spiritual sense. We can get older without getting more mature. And really what I've been studying lately has really challenged me to grow up in my heart. And I'm challenging you with the same truth as we look at this central question that I have for you. When was the last time you asked yourself this question? What do you really want? What do you want? 
Now, if you looked back upon your thought life over the last week, you might think, man, what I really want is I just want a job. I want to get back into the marketplace. But while you're thinking that very same thing, for some of you, there are some people in the same room who are thinking, I'd be so much happier if I could just get a different job. If I could just get out of the job that I'm in, then everything would be better. For some of you, you're thinking, man, if my, if my kids would just figure out this online learning thing, if they could just do what they're supposed to do, if they could just get their assignments done, if they could, if they could just get this stuff done, if my kids would just listen to me better, then my life would be so much better. And while you say that, there are kids in this room who are saying, if my parents would just listen to me better, my life would be so much better. What is it that you really, really want? I just want my sports team to win the championship. While you're thinking that, there are some people who are like, I just wish sports would stop for a while. We're on so many different sides of the spectrum of things that we think that we want, that we feel like we really want. If my political party would just do this, if they would just win, if this political party would just stop doing this, then I would feel so much better. I'd have so much peace. If, the, if my bank account just looked like this, if I just had this, then that would be what I really, really need. If I could just lose a few pounds, if I could just gain a few pounds, if I could just go back to being what I was 10 years ago and this or that, and, and on some level we get caught up. Can you think about that in your own self? And a lot of times what it has to do with it has to, has to do with us constantly comparing who we are to who other people are. Looking at other people's value, other people's happiness, and thinking that that's what we need as well. But Jesus really challenged that mindset. He really challenged what the principle is of where true fulfillment comes from, being able to answer the question in our heart of what is it that you really, really want. Now, I don't know everything, but I can say this. From what I've studied in God's word, and out of the privilege of getting to be your pastor, if there's one thing that I feel like the Lord has shown me throughout scripture continuously and repetitively is, is being able to help me to connect to what I really, 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 really want. And in truth, I know what you really want. And so do you. You want, at the core of who you are, to be connected. Connected to God and connected to others. That's what you want. Well, what is it that keeps us from experiencing that connection? Well, Jesus gave us some good looks at how we can experience that thing that we long for. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? And I want us to look at a very short but very profound passage in Matthew chapter 20, where Jesus is speaking back into his disciples after they've just seen him work many miracles. And all of a sudden, the disciples, having realized the greatness of Jesus, are asking themselves, they're in an argument amongst each other of who is the greatest. In other words, when Jesus, this guy who we can tell is it, he's the son of God, the Messiah, we believe that. When he takes over the world, because that's gotta be where this plane is headed, when he overthrows the Roman Empire, when he really launches his full-on assault, which one of us is going to be the vice Messiah? They're in that debate. Which of us is the greatest? Which of us is going to have his right hand? Because that's where they felt like where fulfillment, contentment, people would finally look at them for the great people they were, the smart ones who followed the right rabbi, who were the disciples of the Messiah. And Jesus broke their thinking when he said this to them in Matthew chapter 20, verses 28. He said this, don't you understand? For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray. God, we love you. And we don't want those to be empty words this morning. God, we want to love you. We want to be connected to you like never before. God, we pray that you would use your word this morning and what we've seen and what we know about you to help us to choose crazy, to be just crazy enough to believe that the things that you're challenging us to do, that if we pick them up, if we, if we chase after them with our whole heart, that we will experience the kind of connection that we were created for, that we will see that, that gap, that hole in our heart be filled from the connection that we experience with you and the connection that you bring with each other. God, we long for it. Help correct our thinking. Help us to grow up where we need to. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. What a challenging thing that it must have been for them. Yes, you may be, may be seated. What a challenging thing it must have been for the disciples as they were hearing these words from Jesus, thinking about this incredible plan that they saw for their future and Jesus constantly trying to show them, hey, you're thinking about this wrong. You see, the enemy is so good. Now track with me for a second. The enemy is so good about getting us to buy into his kingdom mindset. And the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of the enemy is a hierarchy mindset. And everything that I have learned about how the enemy attacks my life is getting me to look at my life and try to figure out where I'm at in the hierarchy. How close am I to being at the top, being revered and valued in this area of my life when it comes to sports or my body or my speaking ability or whatever the things are that are around me where I found value, where am I at in the hierarchy? And on some level, there's even a temptation that when I come across people to begin to judge of who am I in this relationship? Are they to be revered or am I to be revered in this relationship? Am I below them or am I above them? And these things and these thoughts that happen that probably if you were honest with yourself, you've already had these kinds of thoughts in your head a hundred times today. When you left your neighborhood and you passed your neighbors and what they were doing, or you looked at their house, their car, and you thought about what their car meant in comparison to your car and what that looks like, or when you pulled into the church par parking lot and what that happy couple looks like versus what you're feeling in your heart with what's going on in your relationship, what that person's kids look like and how they're acting versus how your kids are acting. And there's all of this comparison that I believe comes directly from the enemy of constantly trying to get us to figure out where we fit in the hierarchy, believing somehow buying into the fact that if we just invest enough into our value, if we invest enough into our happiness that we will reach the top of the triangle and that's where fulfillment is and that's a lie. It's the same lie that got the enemy kicked out of heaven when he stopped realizing that connection with God is what brings fulfillment, not trying to be like God or be above God. And it's the same lie he tries to pull us into so often in our thoughts. And we have to choose crazy to be able to catch those thoughts and kick them out. And if we're gonna do that, the first thing we have to see is point number one here is this, is that being something if we really wanna be something, if we really want to experience the fulfillment that comes from being something, having something to hold on to, being something means first becoming nothing. Ugh. Philippians 2, 3 says it this way. Don't be selfish and don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. True fulfillment comes from making yourself low. True fulfillment comes from, I don't care about whether I'm above you or below you. I want to be connected to you. 
I don't care about what my athleticism says about your athleticism or what my speaking ability says about uh, versus your speaking ability or, or what my education says versus your education. Who cares about education? I'm either connected to your heart or I'm not. And if I'm not, then there's gonna be a lack of fulfillment in our relationship. I was created to be connected to your heart. And so if you look at me and I look at you and we start to figure out where we fit in our relationship, then the enemy has us right where he wants us because we weren't made to be in a hierarchy system. We were made to be in the connection system where when we look at each other, we either see I'm connected to that person or I'm not. And all of those comparisons, all of those hierarchy things either make us too prideful to engage or they make us too sheepish and embarrassed and too unworthy to be able to engage because they're this and they're that. Or I, I only engage with people who I feel like I'm right in the middle with. We're equal. And I believe that the Bible pushes, pushes us to something far beyond, far greater than even equality can bring. It pushes us to connection. That's where fulfillment comes from. Being connected. And you can't be connected. Would you hear me on this? You can't be connected and be in control of your own value. You can't be connected and be in control of your own value. If you are constantly trying to figure out what you're worth, how valuable you are, then you can't experience connection. If you're constantly thinking about what your car or your job or this says about who you are and you're trying to figure out where your value is and what you can bring into it, if you're letting your past and your mistakes and these things determine your value, then you can't experience connection because that, that continues to pull us into that hierarchy mindset. And that's why my challenge to you is this, is that you have to, we have to, I have to try to catch or capture every thought of comparison that comes into our brains and kick it out. Or as the Bible says, to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, to catch it and say, that is not from the Lord. I'm not gonna let you allow me to sit in my car and let my, be, me think about what my car is compared to other people's cars. Get out. I don't care how cool that person's Tesla is. I want to be connected to the person in the Tesla. And if I'm not, I'm not experiencing what I was created for. Having their Tesla will never bring fulfillment. Being connected to the heart of the driver of the Tesla, that can bring fulfillment. So get out. When I see someone and their body's in shape or their body's out of shape, I'm not gonna let myself get into comparison because having their body or not having their body is never gonna be what brings fulfillment. Being connected to the soul within the body, that brings fulfillment. But those thoughts, they slip into our minds sometimes without us even realizing what's going on. But as believers, we have to grow up and catch those thoughts because they are going to attack you even right now where you sit where you are. And as you walk to go pick up your kids or as you walk to your car, it's gonna hit you over and over and over again. And we've gotta get on guard. We've gotta get on alert. We have to realize the enemy that we're facing and we have to fight for what God created us for, connection. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples as they were once again caught up in the same argument. Which of us is gonna be the greatest? Jesus took a different approach this time in Luke chapter nine, verse 48. Then he said to them, as I imagine him standing there right there with a little kid, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my father who sent me. Whoever is the least among you is the greatest. He says, don't you get it? If you can't look at this little kid 
and see the value of understanding experiencing connection with the kid is the same as experiencing connection with a CEO. Experiencing this connection with a little kid is the same as experiencing connection with some sort of great athlete or some person who you hold in high regard because of their body type or because of their success or because of their value or because of their humor or because of what it is. It's about connection. And it doesn't matter who it is. If God brings a soul across your path where fulfillment lies for you today is seeking connection with the people that God puts around you. It's not gonna be to have what they have or to do what they're able to do. It's gonna be from experiencing the connection that God created you for with them and with him. And when we get that, then we'll really begin to embrace and choose the second crazy thing that God shows us in scripture. And that's this, that saving your life means giving it away. (laughs) Saving your life means giving it away. It's interesting because there was a time when Jesus over and over again You look throughout the New Testament and when he had his disciples together, he would predict his future death. And every time he did, it's hilarious. It goes right over their heads. Jesus would say, hey, here's what's gonna happen. The son of man's gonna be betrayed into the hands of man. He's gonna gonna die and this is what's gonna happen. And the the, the disciples were like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, whoop, right over their heads. Because they couldn't embrace it. They didn't have the maturity to understand that because of Jesus' greatness, because of the miracles that he had seen him work, they were convinced he had come to set up a kingdom on earth. And Jesus said, no, I came to set up a heavenly kingdom of connection. And so in order for that to happen, I have to be obedient to the Father all the way unto death. The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. One of the times Jesus, he predicted his death. And then Peter didn't like hearing it. So he stepped in and he confronted Jesus and he says, may it never be. I won't let this happen. And then Jesus said something as I know many of you know, profound to Peter. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Because Jesus saw past the person of Peter and he saw the influence of the enemy on Peter's life, trying to pull him into this system. And he said, Peter, don't you understand? I didn't come here to protect my life. I didn't come, come here to decide that I'm the greatest. I came here to obey my father out of desire for connection with him. And I came here to lay down my life out of desire for connection for you, with you. Get that hierarchy mindset behind me because that's never gonna lead us to what we were created for. Stop trying to protect my life and start joining me in giving your life away. You see, you can't be connected and be in control of your happiness. Can I say that again? You can't be connected and be in control of your own happiness. If you are constantly trying to find your own joy and your own fulfillment, you'll never find it. Because that comes from this mindset of, if I just get to this next thing, I'll be a little bit happier. If I can just have this, be this, act like this, get that thing, I'll be a little bit happier. But that's not where happiness comes from. True fulfillment comes from connection and letting other people be what brings happiness into your life. When you give your life away to others and you experience the connection that comes back from it, that's where the happiness comes from. But if you're trying to manipulate that, if you're trying to develop and foster your own happiness, you'll never be able to get what you were truly created for, which is connection. You can't be connected and be trying to get what you want. If you're trying to get what you want, then you're living for yourself and then you'll never get the connection that you were created for. And that's why the scripture shows us clearly that the only way for us to get what we were created for is to give our life away. And that's why the challenge is, is that we also have to catch capture every thought of selfishness. 
every thought of, I'm too tired to go out and play with my kids. Kick that thought out and say, get out there and do what you need to do. Body, get yourself together because we are going to invest in that relationship with my kids. We're gonna invest in that relationship with my spouse. We're gonna invest into what's best for my coworkers. We're gonna invest in trying to support and uplift my boss. We're gonna invest in doing what's best for my neighbor, no matter what the body is telling me because I don't live for myself. I'm not trying to make myself happy. I'm trying to love others in the way that God loves me. And in doing so, what's crazy is, is by pouring yourself out, you end up being filled up. But when you try to hold on to your own happiness, you end up finding yourself miserable, anxious, depressed, alone, waiting for someone to swoop in and make you happy. Trying to be in control of your own happiness when true fulfillment comes from giving it away. And then lastly, we see that God says, listen, if you do this, there's also a promise from me. Point number three is this, of choosing crazy. If you will make yourself low, make yourself low and God will raise you up. Putting your trust, choosing crazy, that if I consider myself to be the least important person in this room, someone of great value because I belong to the Lord, but not needing anyone else in this room to affirm my value, instead trusting that my value comes just from God alone and being okay with that, and therefore making my goal that before I leave church today, that I make sure that someone else in this room knows how valuable they are to God. Because I can do that, I can make myself low, and I'll trust that by pouring into them on some level that God will be the one who raises me up. Listen to how James said it in James 4.10, he said this. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. You see, God won't raise your level of connection. God won't raise your level of connection if you can't give up your control. It doesn't make any sense for him to. He wants, he knows that where fulfillment will come from your life is being more connected to him and being more connected to each other. But God can't raise your level of connectedness. He can't bring that kind of fulfillment that you long for if you're the one who's still trying to be in control of your life. Still trying to be in control of your finances. Still trying to be in control of your kids. Still trying to be in control of your spouse. Still trying to be in control of your boss. Still trying to be in control of your employees. If you're in control, God can't raise the level of connectedness that you were created for. Because you're still trying to, you're still buying into the lie of the enemy that being like God will bring fulfillment to your life. And it doesn't. Being connected to God and being connected to others, that's where fulfillment lies. And that's what we're supposed to be chasing. And that was the example that was laid out for us by Jesus. Just listen to this verse. In Philippians 2, 5 through 11, Paul laid this out as to how Christ modeled all of these things, how Christ chose crazy because he trusted God. Paul said to the church, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, on some level, I've read that passage many, many, many times. 
And every time I read it, I go, wow, Jesus, that's so good. You're so great. But there was something about the way that I studied for this message this week that allowed me to see what Jesus did from a different perspective. Thinking about this challenge of being nothing to become something. And I think about that part where it says, he took the humble position of a slave. And what it must have been like for Jesus when he was born in a manger and the enemy would come into his mind and say, they don't even know who you are. You're the king of kings and Lord of lords. And all they keep saying to you is like, oh, there's that boy from Nazareth. What good has ever come from Nazareth? That's the carpenter's boy. Why should we listen to him? And the enemy's saying, you show them who you are. Just turn those stones to bread. Let them see who you really are, that you're the top of the triangle, that you're the king of kings and Lord of lords. They don't even know. Give up this. How dare they look down on you in this way? Constantly trying to pull him into his mindset and Jesus just continuing to say, I will not listen to that. For 33 years, Jesus said, I will not buy into this system. I choose connectedness. And he chose it all the way to obedience, obedience on the cross. Can you imagine as the thorns are being placed on his head and the nails being driven through his hands and the enemy speaking into his life, how dare they do this to you? Command your angels to come and to catch you and let's wipe them all out. Who do they think that they are? Don't they know who you are? You're this person. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. I will not buy into that system anymore. I choose connectedness with God and I choose connectedness with the future church. He chose you. He refused. That's what was so crazy about Jesus. It's why death couldn't hold him because for every decision he made, despite the enemy's continuous efforts to use Peter, to use Judas, to use the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people of the church to constantly try to pull him into the hierarchy system, Jesus rejected it on every sense and refused sin and chose what God created us for. He chose connection. And because he did throughout, all the way up and through his final breath, then God was able to elevate him to the highest place of honor. And don't you know that's what God wants to do for you too? He is longing to lift you up to a new level of connection with him, a new level of connection with your spouse, a new level of connection with your kids, a new level of connection with your church and people around you. But it starts with you giving up your control and choosing crazy kicking those thoughts out of our lives and trusting in obedience to God. And there's some opportunities for you to do that, to choose crazy and serve right here in our church. We have two awesome pastors, Pastor Neil Mabry, that's over our teams, and Pastor Chance Park, who's over our missions, who I wanna give a chance to come and speak a little bit into some opportunities that you have, no matter how busy and how crazy your life is, to choose crazy and to invest into connectedness. Pastor Neil. Yeah, thanks, Mark. We do have so many opportunities for you guys to get plugged in, to get connected to others and to serve others here at Woodlands Church. It really is our goal for every person sitting in this auditorium and watching online uh, to get connected and serve on a weekend serving team. Come, enjoy, sit in a service, watch a service online, get poured into and then spend a service pouring into others and building others up in our church. And we have a couple ways that you can do that, a couple ministries that I want to highlight. Uh, first of all is our WC Kids Ministry. We've got our, our pre-K area, which is our babies through preschoolers, and then our elementary area, which is our kindergartners through fifth graders. And all you do there is just love on our kiddos while providing, providing a, a safe and secure environment for them. 
Secondly, we've got our welcome team, which is our team in the parking lot, the orange shirts that hopefully you saw when you were driving in. Uh, we have our greeters in the lobby, our greeters here in the sanctuary as well. And then we have our WC production team. Uh, they're the people who are responsible for the lights and the cameras and hopefully making me look good right now. I'll leave that up to you while you actually think I look good right now or not. But they're the guys and gals who do that backstage running the words and, and the screen and the scriptures. Um, so many ways for you to get plugged in and it's so easy. It is so easy to get connected to a serving team. Go to the website wc.org slash serve wc.org slash serve, or you can go through the app as well. Uh, all we ask is your name, your email, your phone number, and then you select what ministry you're interested in. You can pick one. You can pick several if you're not really sure. Um, but go there, fill out your information, and one of our team will get in contact with you there. And I don't want you to think that when you sign up to serve, you're signing your life away, that we expect you to be here Saturday night at 6, sleep over at the church, spend the night, be here 6 a.m. It's nothing like that, but what we do ask is that you prayerfully consider to committing to serving twice a month for a year's time in whatever ministry you find uh, that's most comfortable for you. Twice a week, or not twice a week, twice a month, twice a month for a year's time in whatever ministry you feel, feel comfortable in. And I'm so thankful that uh, I'm a part of a church that is full of people like you who are willing to uh, set aside uh, their own wants and needs and desires to build into the lives of other people. And so I can't wait uh, to serve with you and look forward to serving with you on a, a weekend team here very soon in the future. Now, Pastor Chance is going to tell us about some outreach opportunities that we have. That's right. Thank you, Neil. I'm Pastor Chance, and I really want to talk to you about that next step, that step that takes us beyond our campuses and into our communities. Over the past six months, church, you've heard pastors Carrie and Chris say this key phrase multiple times, the church is not closed, the church has been deployed. And boy, have you ever. We've been as a church out in the communities ministering to the seniors, to those experiencing joblessness and homelessness, uh, those that are navigating the foster system, those who are experiencing food insecurity, um, all that time also coming along and encouraging first responders and those that are on the front lines working in hospitals. Many of you have journeyed along uh, pastors to distribute over 200,000 pounds of food into communities experiencing hardship. We've had eight blood drives over our campuses where you've helped uh, supply enough blood to save the lives of 3,000 plus patients. You've written thousands of letters of encouragement to our seniors. Uh, you've uh, provided backpacks and school supplies for under-resourced children. When this thing first hit six months ago, you were making masks at home, sewing them for frontline workers when we were experiencing PPE shortages. We've come along with joblessness training, all sorts of other things. You've been just outstanding church and we are so thankful for you. So if you're sitting here in your chair and you're, or you're sitting at home in your living room and you're wondering, how could a church during this time do so much? The answer quite simply is you. We need you. And you may be sitting here going, okay, that's really awesome that somebody did that and that somebody will do that. No, church, we, we need every one of you. We want every one of you to experience what it's like to come alongside people out in the community and spread the good news. You've heard Pastor Kerry say numerous times in the past that a big church can do big things. 
There's no more proof than what we've done in the last six months. So how do you get connected? It's, it's pretty simple with us in missions. We want to get to know you. We want to connect you and plug you in. Send us an email, missions at wc.org. It can be super simple. One line, I want to serve in the community with some contact information. Or it could be a little more detailed. You could give us a little bit of how and where you'd like to serve and maybe some skills or experience that you have. And we'll get back to you and find ways to plug you in. A major thing that we've got going on right now is providing relief to those in Louisiana, Lake Charles specifically following the hurricane. We sent our first team out last week. They cleared seven home sites in two and a half days. Um, it was a, a mixture of experience. Everybody had a job and we've got three more opportunities coming up to do that. You can find information on that at wc.org outreach. Get signed up for a team. And I wanna finish with this, a little bit of my experience over the last eight years at Woodlands Church. I started out by serving in the student ministry, helping set up services and clean up after the kiddos once they left. I dove in on the welcome team. I jumped in the baptism team whenever they needed some additional support. I got on a local impact team, got into a life group, and eventually went on an international mission trip. Um, I cannot quantify uh, the change that's happened in my life and the blessing that I've received from God in my marriage, in my family, and in my relationships, just from taking those small steps of obedience and being willing to serve. And church, we want that for all of you. Thank you. Yeah. Jeez, give it up for Chance and Pastor Neil. Thank you. It may sound crazy. Mark, you don't know my schedule. I'm so busy. How do I find another hour to serve? Because it's worth it because connectedness to your church family brings back an exponential reward. It's what you were created for. Connectedness is what it's about. So get plugged in on team. Jump in on this, what we're doing with missions. And thirdly, another area that we can continue to grow up in is giving, give. Listen, we may not be able to all give the same amount, but we can all give something. And giving here at Woodlands Church is an important part of us focusing on being connected with God and connecting with others continuing to take what God has given us and putting it back into the ministries and missions of what's going out there. And giving at Woodlands Church, it's, it's easy. You can go online, wc.org give. You can give just by getting to there. It'll take you to an opportunity to give. I challenge you to set up recurring giving. Grow in your faith, grow in your family. Sit down and let it be something that you do with your kids where you talk about connection with God being a priority to your family supporting what God's doing to the local church, being important to your family as we continue as a community to do whatever it takes to reach out to people like those, our neighbors in Louisiana, who might have another hurricane coming their way. Let's be praying for them. You can give via text message too. It's super easy. You can do it right now. You can just text the number 77977 and text the word give WC and invest into connectedness right now. Buy a text message by giving a little bit that says, you know what, I wanna invest into connectedness today. Or you can mail a check through the week if you're still a check person, it's easy. Mailing it to One Fellowship Drive, the Woodlands, Texas, 77384. But give. Maybe the Lord's put something on your heart that you're not using anymore, an asset or some stocks that you wanna donate to the church, that you wanna focus on giving back into connectedness, then do that. But don't miss what you were created for. Look into my eyes. And I know that you know, I know you know that I love you. I know it, but it doesn't mean that I'm connected to you. I wanna be connected to you. That's where fulfillment's gonna come from our life. 
So when we leave this place, let's fight for what God created us for, connection, because there is a world outside our windows that God has called us to reach and we can reach it together. But there are people in your life that I'm never gonna get a chance to meet maybe unless you bring them here. And if I don't meet them, that's okay because you're on mission in their life. It's your calling to experience connectedness with them and to bring them into connectedness with God. You've got a mission, you've got a calling on your life and it's not to find your own value, it's not to find your own happiness, it's not to live in your pride, it's to capture all those thoughts, to kick those things out and to fight for the connectedness that God created us for. So let's take this time to consider as the enemy tries to bring all the thoughts into our hearts and minds that he wants to bring in to decide what does it look like for me today to fight for what Jesus fought for, to fight for what Jesus died for and to fight for what Jesus continues to live for, connectedness. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, during this time, we choose to give back to you from what you've given to us, not because we have to, but because we choose you, we choose connectedness. God, we choose connectedness with you and connectedness with our church. God, I pray that you would implore people who are sitting in this room, who are watching online to jump in and serve to jump on a team, to figure it out, to get on mission, to help our community, to serve God, to bring people into connectedness. That's where fulfillment comes from. God, help us to choose crazy <laughs> because we trust you. We choose crazy even though we don't see it, even though we don't fully understand how these things can come to pass. We trust what you did for on the, us on the cross. The way that you chose connectedness inspires us to choose connectedness too. So God, we love you and we choose to live out our commitment to reaching the world outside our window. We love you, Senior Sons, and we pray, amen. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.